On today's episode of Locked On Pistons Podcast, I'm answering all the questions that you guys, the listeners, sent in for me to answer. And a very popular question I got had to do with the Pistons' fifth overall pick, Asar Thompson. We're going to get into that in today's episode of Locked On Pistons Podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. Free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review, whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked in MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked in MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You will hear a little bit more about LinkedIn later. But on today's episode, we are going to be answering all the questions that were sent in by all of you to be answered on today's episode. And I got about 40, 50 different, uh, different questions. I'll try to get through as many as we possibly can. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of the questions that we got were of the same, you know, came from the same, you know, tree came, came from the same idea. Uh, so we're going to combine a lot of you guys' questions into one. So if I don't mention your question specifically or shout you out, it's most likely because it was, you guys all asked the same kind of thing. So I just put it into one segment and that's what we're doing here in the first segment. One of the main questions I got from you guys for this mailbag episode was basically in different ways. People word it different ways. But basically the question was, is Asar Thompson still important to the Detroit Pistons and how important is he based off how he's been used recently and how he's played as of late? Um, let me just get this out the way quickly. Asar Thompson is still extremely important to the Pistons' future. He is extremely important. and it doesn't, How he's been used as of late, how much he's playing as of late, and how he's played as of late does not change that. He is still extremely important to the Detroit Pistons' future. Now, one of the questions I got, which I thought was pretty interesting with his situation, was someone asked me about, you know, before the season, I thought that I had Cade, and then I had a star number two in uh, how I believe the organization viewed their young talent, but now with how a star has been playing and how they've used them, has my mind changed? Just do I think differently? And what I would say to that is this I think this front office still views a star the same way. I think Troy Weaver still views a star the same way. I think those who were on the same page with Troy Weaver, I don't know which parts of the front office was on the same page, but I know this was a Weaver pick. Whoever's on the same page as Weaver, I know they still feel the same way about Sar, And I think they feel that highly on him. I do think that we're witnessing a little bit of a disconnect in real time between the front office and the coaching staff. Because I do think that the, the front office has a star in that type of high regard. Very much so. I do think that the co- coaching staff may not as of right now. And that's why you're seeing a star not play as much. And that's why you're not seeing him being used in all kinds of different ways. And I do think that eventually it may take a while. It may take, I mean, it's already taken much longer than we'd like to see, 
But I do think eventually before this trade deadline, a move is going to be made that forces you to use a Sar Thompson a little bit more. That's what my assumption is going to be. I think that Weaver is going to end up having to make a move to kind of save the coaching staff from themselves or maybe not even save the coaching staff from themselves. That's the wrong, wrong wording. It really is just to force a Sar to have to play more. Because there's no reason, like we mentioned in the last episode, at 3-31, and 31, why your fifth overall pick, who is a cornerstone of the future, is not getting minutes. Because playing the other guys that you're playing is not solving anything. Playing the other guys that you're playing is not winning you extra games. Playing these other veterans more than him is not helping win games. It's not helping develop. It's, you're not getting anything out of it. So you have to play a SAR, and I think Weaver's going to make a move that forces the coaching staff to play a SAR and see him get the same type of minutes we saw him play at the beginning of the year, where, by the way, he was like third or second in the like the NBA.com key or rookie of the year ladder. Like he For the first like month of the season, they were looking at him as like a top three, four rookie because that's how well he was playing. Then his minutes were taken away, his roles taken away, and now you know we've seen what happened. But you no, know, I don't think his recent play has changed anything in the front office's mind. It definitely shouldn't change anyone's uh, opinion of a star that was high on him before the draft. And anyone who was turned around by, you know, maybe that were lower on a star coming into the year and was changed based off how he played in the first month and a half. Like that's that's how a star can play. That's his game. What we saw at the beginning of the year, he's just not being played and not being put in a position to do that right now. It's not that he just forgot how to do it and he can't play defense no more. He can't rebound the basketball no more. Can't slash, can't catch alley-oops, can't cut to the – like, it's not that he forgot how to do those things. He's just not being asked to do them. He's not being played enough to do them. He's not being put in position to do it. So I, I don't think anyone's opinions changed on Asar at all. I think they're just as high on Asar um, as they were when they drafted him. And I do think that there's an argument that they might have him, you know, right after Cade when it comes to the priority on this team and, uh, you know, the hierarchy with the team. However, there is one scenario that does intrigue me a lot is if this thing keeps going south for the Pistons, which it probably is going to go and Weaver doesn't make changes soon enough or Monty, you know, you know, something happens with Monty or whatever. If, if Gores were to get rid of, if he were to fire Troy Weaver and then he would fire uh, Monty Williams, if he like cleaned house, now then I think it becomes an interesting situation where is the new GM you're bringing in going to be a fan of Asar Thompson? Who is, and it's not even just a question of Asar, is he going to be a fan of Jane Ivey, uh, Jalen Duran? Like whoever you bring in in that scenario definitely would be really high on Kate Cunningham. Like you're not taking this job with the Pistons. If And again, this is a theoretical if they were to fire everybody. Whoever comes in is not taking this job unless they're high on Kate because Kate is the whole pitch for this job. So they obviously would be high on Cade. Who else they would really like in that young core and who would they want to move on from is an incredibly interesting conversation. And I do think then it could be, not cool, but it would be, again, just an interesting conversation to have about Sar because I do think just on raw and just like on paper and, and the easiest fits, no, Asar is not just the easiest fit. You can't just throw him on the floor and say, he could go play pickup with like with Cade and expect you know, everything to work out with the type of, type of roster they got, with the type of young core they got. You do have to make things work. You do have to be creative, which is worth it because I think using creativity with them and actually putting an offensive system that can utilize all of them makes the ceiling even higher. But it's not just as easy. I, I that, that is true. It's not just as easy as throwing them all on the floor and saying, hey, perfect fit next to K, the spacer who can play defense, perfect fit, because that's not what a star is. So I do wonder if a GM did come in and a new coach came in as well, 
would they say, hey, not clean, not the cleanest fit with the star? We'll just or with Cade, we're gonna we're gonna get rid of him. Or do they get rid of Ivy? Do they get rid of Duran? I think that's a conversation that's interesting, but no, I, right now the front office is very much is still as high on the SAR as they were before the year. I just think you're seeing a little bit of a disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff. And for what it's worth, let me lay out this real quickly why I think the coaching staff is thinking. And I, I don't think it's too hard to see. They, they want spacing on the floor with Kate. They, they've completely went into – at the beginning of the year, they went full defense. They have now went complete offense now. They, like, they haven't even thought about defense no more. They've, they have went completely to the other extreme of offense only. And they're running lineups of Cade, Ivy, Boyan, either Kevin Knox or Isaiah Livers, and Jalen Duran. The defense is horrific with that lineup, but theoretically provides more spacing than any other lineup could. Now, could you run a lineup with Cade, Ivy, Boyan, Asar, and Duran and have enough spacing and, you know, get things going? Yes, I do think so. Like playing a SAR with another with a player like Duran should not immediately destroy your spacing unless you're just telling a SAR to sit in the corner, which that's what they've been doing. Having a SAR and Duran, like you should be able to make that work. There is many ways you can still make that work. Okay, like it, it shouldn't just it, it immediately crash your offense. It should. I think there's very many situations where it could help your offense. You just have to, you know. Be creative with it. You can't just throw them on the floor and say, hey, you can go play. So I, I think that lineup would work. But the it's very clear that the coaching staff has completely went the route of um, it has completely went the route of full-on offense, forget defense. We're just going pure spacing around Cade, and now we're just going to let Cade cook. Which, again, we're seeing Cade play really well. I see it's, it, you know, in that scenario, getting Cade to play really well, that's it's working in that department. I think you can still get that done by having Cade and Ivy and Boyan with Asar and Dern on the floor by running some pick and rolls with Asar and Dern in the dunker spot or have Asar in the dunker spot with pick and roll with Cade and Dern. You could even have, you know, Asar running pick and roll and invert pick and roll with Cade. Like there's all kinds of things you can get Cade and uh, you can get Asar, I should say, involved in DHO actions. You could have him on the weak side corner cutting down baseline every time a pick and roll happens. Like, there's different things you can do with them that it should work offensively that we haven't even seen them attempt to do offensively. It's just been stagnant offensively when a SAR is in the game. Without a SAR in the game, they, they try to do other stuff. But with the SAR, like we heard them talk about trying to do different things with them, and then we've never seen it since. They just haven't even tried. So, I mean, that's my that's my thoughts on the whole Asar Thompson situation because I did get like 20 questions centered around Asar. So that's why he's going to take up the first 11 minutes of the podcast, first 11 minutes of the of the mailbag podcast, because a lot of you guys seem to be wondering where does Asar sit right now? Um, he sits in the same position he did before the year. They're still very high on him. That's not changing. Um, now, that am I saying he's definitely never going to get traded? That's not what I'm saying. But they are still really high on him. And whether his future is important to the Pistons by being on their roster or being the guy that gets them their star, either way, it's still the same level of importance to their future. So that it hasn't changed at all. Um, Coming up, I'm going to answer the rest of you guys' questions, such as who will remain on this roster next season. We'll talk about that when we come back. But first thing, I got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, LinkedIn. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that will take my business to the next level? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. 
That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. For example, I'm a manager at a gas station, and I know that having the perfect staff, having the best staff possible, not only will make the work environment the best possible, but also will make the business run as smoothly as possible. That's why LinkedIn is so important because it will help you get the perfect possible team members on your crew. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs, number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked in MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked in MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply with linkedin.com. Now I got to tell you guys about another one of our sponsors, BetterHelp. This episode is brought to you guys by BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com and give therapy a try. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on MBA and give therapy a try around new year's we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right and i think that's something that maybe a lot of people don't really look at therapy and think about usually you think about, okay how can i change myself how you know i'm terrible at this I, I you know i need it how can i change everything when really you can go to therapy just to expand on what you're already doing right and make things go even smoother for you maybe you finally organized one part of your space and now you want to tackle another or maybe you're taking supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat a breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions that a lot of us have at the beginning of the new year and make changes that actually really stick. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and the best thing about it is that if you're not vibing with that therapist, you don't think you guys are on the same page, you can switch therapists just like that anytime for no additional charge. It's really just that easy. Celebrate the progress that you've already made this year. It's only been four days, but celebrate the progress you've already made. And you always want to take time out to celebrate that process, progress that you are making. So visit betterhelp.com slash MBA today to get 10% off your first month. Try therapy out. And get obsessed with, instead of changing yourself, get obsessed with expanding on what you're already doing right. Again, it's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedMBA to get 10% off your first month with BetterHelp. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons, hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Now, another question that I got from a lot of you guys uh, for this mailbag episode, and again, like I said, it was asked in different type of ways, but it was basically the same question. It was, what would I do? Actually, no, that's the next segment. I'm so sorry. <laughs> who, <laughs> who will remain on the Detroit Pistons next season? Who do I think will still be on this team next season. And I think that it's very clearly Cade is one. And I think after Cade, you really could go multiple different directions. 
Because I, I really do think that with how this season has went and how it's going to continue to go and how it's just went completely up in flames and it's just been so horrifically bad that if they were to get a top pick in this draft, I think it's very likely that they trade it. That's something we'll talk about towards the end of this year. But I do think that's very likely that they will they they will trade their top pick this offseason. I think that's something that they they will heavily consider doing. I won't be shocked at all if they do it. And I also will not be completely shocked at all if they use some of their young guys or some of their young assets to then go get some more guys, some more veterans, go try to get a star. Like, I think what this season has caused is a little bit more urgency within this front office, especially if they survive to the offseason. After what happened this past year, I can promise you, if they survive somehow, if they somehow survive to the offseason, if they're somehow able and, and, and think that they could then get away with then not being aggressive this offseason, I, I, I honestly feel like I don't know anything about basketball at that point. Like, I feel like I would just, like, I would have to give up my job at that point. If people are allowed to do that and get away with it and just nothing happened, like, I would just give up my job. I, I don't know what, I obviously don't know what I'm talking about at that point. Um, but I'd have to say that they're going to be really aggressive this offseason. So, um, definitely guys, like the end of bench guys aren't going to be here. I think Isaiah Livers it, it probably is not going to be on the team next year. Killian Hayes not going to be on the team next year. Um, Isaiah Stewart, I think it's likely, uh, not likely, I think it's 50-50 chance he gets traded. Um, the only guy that I feel really confident saying 100% is going to be on the roster next year is Cade. Now, that's not me saying that every other guy I expect to get traded. No, I I expect a lot some of these guys to be back. I just think it's like I think there's a chance that each one gets moved. So I don't know which one to take. Um, I could see Asar getting moved for a guy. I could see Ivy getting moved. I could see Duran getting moved. Um, I, I could really see each and every single one of them getting moved for a star or to really try to accelerate this rebuild with how this went this past year. I could see any one of them getting moved. Um I think the I think the 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 better question is do I expect all four of Cade, Ivy, Duran, and Asar to be back next year? And I think as of right now, I, I'll go ahead and take the hot take and say no, I don't. I I think that it's likely at least one of them is going to be moved this offseason. Don't look. It is what it is. I think that's probably a little bit of a hot take right now. I'm not going to say who I think gets moved. I'm simply going to say that and I don't think it's like 90-10%, like 90% they get moved, 10% uh, they stay. I think it's like 60-40. I would say, though, that after how this season has went, I'd lean more towards the side of one of them probably will get moved to go get somebody this offseason. I won't be shocked if, if, one, if the core four does not return next year. I, I would not be shocked by that. So I guess that's my, my answer to that question. I think it's a little bit of a cop-out, but it is what it is. That's my answer to that question. Um, let's move on to some other questions before we dive into the final segment and talk about me playing the, the general manager role. Um, I had someone ask about when am I going to do a remote location podcast? When am I going to have a live podcast recorded with fans, all, all my listeners around, like in a bar, in a sports bar, in a restaurant, whatever? When am I going to do that? Um, I've been wanting to do that for a year now, and I need to get the right equipment and find a place to do it at. Um, but I promise you guys, it's something that I've been wanting to do. It's something that I've been looking forward to do. And whenever I finally I, I am able to do so, I promise you it will happen. I'll make sure I give you guys a much needed 
uh, notice in advance so everybody possible can show up. I promise it's going to happen at some point. Just be patient with me. I, I just need to find a – I need to get everything set up before I do. We can't. I can't do it and then, like, go south because that would just be tough. Um, I had this question asked to me by Nick. Uh, Nick Soto Sido on Twitter. He said, uh, Cade's obviously number one, but who's number two? Ivy, Dern, or Asar? It's, that's just a t- really – it's a tough question because before the year I said Asar. And that's just because of how high I am on Asar and how, I'm, how high I know the front office is on Asar. And I, I want to say Asar still. And the recent play and the recent usage of him does discourage me a little bit. Not going to lie with this coaching staff. I am questioning a little bit. Does this coaching staff know how to use him? Do they feel like they can use him in a way? Or do they just think, hey, until he's able to shoot threes at a high clip, we just can't play him. If that's the case, then it's over with. I I, I need to see how this plays out a little bit more with the coaching staff. I am a little bit concerned about that. Um, But I still probably feel the same way as I did before the year, where I think Asar has the second highest ceiling on this team. And... I I think his ability to impact both ends of the floor make him uh, number two for me. That's that's at least where I would go. I know people will disagree with that, but it is that that's where I'm at with it. Um, I'm not changing off of that. Um, another question: How do I feel about the current discourse about Jalen Duran and how much effort he's putting in? Uh, I don't know what exactly you mean by the current discourse around Duran. Um, so I guess I just give my opinion on Dern right now. I recorded an episode with James Edwards III a few weeks ago, actually a two-part episode, I believe it was like a week and a half ago. And we talked about Jalen Dern and, and like which guy would be most likely moved, Dern or Ivy. And I think me and James both arrived at the same conclusion of we could see either one being moved. It's really 50-50 if you're choosing between one of the two. But we both kind of said that like Dern, while we are very high on him and he's, I, I, we think he can be really, really, really good in his prime, which he's probably like five, six years away from. With Cade, that build of what you need at your center position is is more easily replaced than a guy of, I'd say, Ivy's skill set next to Cade or a guy of a SARS type of future skill set next to Cade. Like you can get, there's big men you can get at the center position that maybe can't pass as well as Duran and won't be as good as Duran at his, at his peak, but can still operate, pick and rolls, be a lob threat, low usage guy. Not be maybe a DHO guy, maybe not be a good passer, but low uses, pick and roll, lob threat, and protect the rim. Like you, there's plenty of those guys you can get that fill in that specific role that would get the job done. Whereas I don't know if that's the same case I'd say with like an Ivy or what you need next to Cade in the backcourt, what you need with Cade on the wing. Um, so that's I, that's just where I am with Dern, but I, that's not me saying I want to move him. I don't want to move him. I'd keep him. Um, but I'm assuming that's just what you mean by the current discourse on Duran. Um, he's really young. He's like five to six years away from his prime. Shouldn't be. I I wouldn't move him. I think he's going to be really great at his prime, and he's he's just developing. Like he's not going to be there yet. Like I, I know everyone was teased by the first three games of the year, but he's 19, 20 years old. That that's just this is just what happens to guys this young. They're not all all the way there yet. It's going to be a while till he hits all the way there. So I mean. Don't know exactly what you meant by the discourse about Duran, but maybe I hit some of that uh, just now. When we come back, though, I'm going to play the GM, play the GM role, and also answer more of your guys' questions about this team, obviously, um, when we come back. But first, I got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Hungry Root. 
Now, at the beginning of every year, I think the most common New Year's resolution is to eat healthier and to get in shape. And heck, I know that's been my New Year's resolution for years now. Every single year, it's get in shape and eat a little healthier. But eating healthier, I'm not going to lie to you. It's been it's super tough for me, and it's been super hard for me. I know it's super hard for a lot of people. But Hungry Root will make it a lot easier for you, and it's already making it a lot easier for me. Hungry Root prioritizes your health, obviously, but also prioritizes saving money, reducing the food waste, saving time, trying to eat healthier. I know that all those things make it hard to want to eat healthier. And then obviously you also get with hungry root special discount with their special code. Hungry root is the easiest way to get fresh, high quality food delivered to your door. They've got healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. Take a fun short quiz and hungry root We'll get to know you, your goals, and how you like to eat. They'll ask what flavors you like, which kitchen appliances you use, and more. And then they'll keep your needs and preferences top of mind and start building your cart with delicious recipes and all your grocery needs for the week. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your taste to take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat, and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks and sweets, and much more. Hungry Root goes beyond your weekly grocery haul with thousands of easy recipes that actually put your groceries to good use before they get forgotten in the back of your fridge, which is a common occurrence for me, something I struggle with all the time. The best part is Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole, trusted ingredients. Spend less less time meal planning, shopping, and cooking, and make more time enjoying healthy food that you'll actually love with Hungry Root. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked On NBA listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Locked On to get 40% off your first delivery to get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Locked On. Don't forget to use our link so they know that we sent you. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review or whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. So another common question I got, probably about five to six questions, just like this one, basically asking me, to play the GM role, and what would I do at this point? I'm January 4th when I'm recording this, 11.40 p.m. at night. What would I do if I was Troy Weaver as of right now? And I mentioned to you, I think it was the last episode or two episodes ago, we talked about the two roads to go down. That sitting at that stop sign and waiting for the weather conditions to change is not an option right here. You're sitting at that stop sign, you need to make a turn. Either you're turning right, you're turning left. You got you got to choose one of the avenues to go down. We went the full detail, but what, what it, which avenue is you know contains what what are their options right now? There are two options. Um, so if I was the GM right now, I think that at this point of the year, three and thirty-one, I have to assume that if there was a deal that was available that this team felt like was going to help them win more games and play better. I have to assume that a competent front office or at least a front office with a brain would have done it already. Like I, that's what I'm assuming at this point, if there was one out there that they believe would have helped this team get out of the slump and actually help them win games. 
I, I have to assume that they would have done it by now. So I have to assume that either that deal is not out there or it's just too expensive to where it wouldn't be worth it. So with that in mind and me assuming that, I would go down the road we talked about in the last podcast where I'm just buying completely into this season being lost. I'm buying completely into this season being a tank. And I'm selling off on all my veterans. I'm selling off on anything that possibly has value. I'm going to try to get as many assets as I can, as many picks as I can. If I can get a young player or two, I get that. I go into the offseason with these assets. So this offseason, I'm going to be extremely aggressive. I'm going to be aggressive in free agency. I, If I was the GM, I would trade the top pick, whatever pick they end up with in this draft, I would trade it. I would trade whatever assets you get in these trades that I would have made at this point with involving Boyan or Burks or you know anybody, even Isaiah Stewart, I'd move off of Stu too. If, if I got value back, if I got picks back for him, I'd do that too. If I got a pick and, you know, I, whatever has value, I am literally starting from scrap damn near. I, I'd start from scrap, get as much value as I can, get as much assets in my treasure chest as I possibly can heading into this offseason. And I'd utilize all my cap space, all those assets i trade. I would trade the first pick of this draft, whatever it, whether it's first, second, third, fourth, I'm trading it. And I probably would even look into trading possibly one of the core four guys to can to completely revamp this team around the three guys I think should stay on the team, completely reset the roster, and go get win-now guys that can help this team make the playoffs immediately next year and take these guys to the next level. That's what I would do. I'd start completely new. Sell off of everybody as, as many anyone who has value selling off of them, starting anew using my cap space. And I'm being probably the most aggressive team in the, this offseason, this upcoming offseason. That was that's what I would do. And I would take risk. I would. I think at this point of the rebuild, after how it went this season, I am being aggressive as possible. I am easily probably going to be the most aggressive team in the offseason, and I'm willing to take some risk that may blow back in my face. But it is what it is. I've already had this blow up in my face this season. I need to take a risk. And eventually, every team needs to take a risk to get to that next level. I'd be willing to take those. So that's what I would do if I was the GM of this team from here on out moving forward. That, that's that's what I would do. Um, let's answer some quick questions before I have to wrap up the podcast here. Um, I was asked by one of you guys, what would you think about demoting Troy Weaver instead of firing him so he stays on with the Pistons to evaluate draft talent? Now, if you're moving on from Troy Weaver, it needs to be completely. If you're moving on from this front office, you need to you need to completely wipe the whole front office from top to bottom and start anew. That's why I, if you if you do move on from them, if you stay with them, it looks like this is what they're doing. It is what it is. But if you do decide to move on from them, you don't need to hold on to any ties. You need to just scrap, start anew, start anew, and get someone in to make their to create their own relationships to bring in their own guys. Let them do that. That's that's what I would do. Um. Another question I was asked, um, do you think that if the Pistons had a 500 record, the fans would start turning out in Detroit 100%? If this this team in 2018-19, when they went to the playoffs, that Lucy's Arena was absolutely popping, dude. It was loud as ever. It was absolutely packed. I went to one of the games, and it was absolutely amazing, the environment. For a team that was the eighth seed with an injured Blake Griffin that clearly was not going to win a game against the Bucks. But everyone showed out. It was absolutely packed. It was loud as ever. If this team was simply 500, if they simply were in the play-in tournament, the play-in tournament crowds would be insane. This city loves basketball. This city loves the Pistons. Just give them something to root for, and they will show up. 
Like, it's really that simple. I 100% believe that. Um, besides, this is another question. Besides he was dealt a bad hand, what's the most positive thing you can say about Monty Williams' coaching job so far? Um... most positive thing I can say about Monty's coaching so far is that he makes offense defense subs at the end of quarters, which Dwayne Casey didn't do. That's the most positive thing I can say right now um, with it, with his coaching job. Um, next question. Um, we'll leave it here. This will be the last question to answer. There's a lot more other questions, but it, I just don't have time to answer all of them. I'll probably answer them in another episode. Um, but this is a question about Marcus Sasser. It was basically should Marcus Sasser go to the G leagues where he's not just chilling on the bench. If they go the route I said they should go, which is just tank, buy into the tank, they should just clear everyone out so they can play Marcus Sasser. But if that's not the case, yeah, I, I'd send him down to the G League. He's, it's in Detroit. I, the whole point of the G League being in Detroit, we were told, was that you could send guys back and forth so they're getting minutes and being able to stay with the team. They haven't done that at all, so I don't really get the point of moving the G League team to Detroit. I feel like that was just a lie at that point. But that's what I would do, but it doesn't look like that's something they're entertaining. But um, that's all I've got for you guys today, man. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. Free and available on all your podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button to the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe out there. Till next time, peace out.